Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to episode 172 of the Square Ball Podcast with Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees when you mention the Square Ball, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan and I have with me the usual two, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. We're counting down to the launch of issue seven of our fanzine out for Luton on March the 21st. You can get half season subs on our website. That's issues five through to eight delivered to your home. We've got links to the merchandise store there as well. You can find the uh, find the brand new Street Fighter mugs and new t-shirts at thesquareball.net. A few days down the line then from the Huddersfield victory at the weekend. Boys, still enjoying it? It was quite nice, wasn't it? It was fairly low drama for one of these games. I feel like if you, if you go into a dogfight with... Um, with these local rivals, you can uh, you can get dragged down to their level. But that early goal was just like, no, nope, we're winning this game. Thank you very much. Yes, once Ailing's hair was off the leash, can you let hair off a leash? I don't know. I would like to say thank you to um, LUTV, who were obviously listening to uh, the match ball and re-edited their tweets for the of the goal to include the unfurling of the main. Yeah, that was the highlight, that, in many ways. Highlights. I mean, it was a good finish, but an even better haircut. And um, I don't know, he, he does need to get some kind of shampoo, conditioner, endorsement. Maybe this is something he's waiting for the Premier League when he can ask a, a higher price from potential sponsors. But anybody who is not leaping on that, because he does look magnificent. I think what I liked best about this whole thing was how deferential the Huddersfield management and players and everyone was who basically said, Leeds are ace and we couldn't compete and they absolutely overran us. Not only did they do that, I liked them doing it. That was the weird edge to it. Yeah, Cowley did make it a bit... Wait, sorry? A bit strange. Who? Danny Cowley, the the bigger brother. And he got a bit confused as well because he said he uh, actually really enjoyed it in a sadistic way because it felt like the heat was on and you felt like you're really living. But that's masochism, isn't it, when somebody's doing something to, to you but you're ending up doing it. And then I don't know what they do in these funky underground clubs. Well, this is it. And then Harry, Harry Tofolo, who thinks their full-backs only plays for them, said it was the most suffocated the team has made us and that's why they're up there. And this sort of thing, we, is one of their other players going to come out and say, well, that's the nearest thing to autoerotic asphyxiation that I've experienced on a... On a football pitch. And Sorry, could you say that again? Could you take the orange out of your mouth and the tights from round your neck? It's, it's all got a little bit... I mean, I suppose it may have distracted them from dogs that they were uh, worrying about um, Bielsa. But yeah, the, the some of the language from Huddersfield was quite um, strange. 
And it seems like the nickname Haradonna seems to be taking off for uh, young Jack Harrison. It's almost like somebody made a point of putting it in the Yorkshire Evening Post today. And also Jackie. <laughs> spelt out with uh, with reasons. I feel like... Um, is it Jackie Haradonna or is it Jackie stroke Haradonna? He's occasionally Jackie Haradonna. That's kind of a, a nickname. Whereas Jackie Harrison's just his name. And, you know, I'm, there's always a point where you, you feel like you have to write a, a manifesto to, to lay out your reasons for something. I felt like Jackie had possibly got to that and um, and drawn the distinction between him and uh, and the mere Jack Clark, who is mere, a mere Jack. Mm. Whereas uh, I think the phrase I used is that Harrison has risen to his Jackiness um, and he's earned it. He is playing like a, like a comic book hero, Wizard of the Wing. It's another direct quote from the, the Yorkshire Evening Post today. I don't want to bang on about it, but I feel... Um, justified. It probably needs one. Yeah. I feel justified that this is uh, how he should be known. Uh, Jack David Harrison, to give him his full Sunday night. Jackie David Harrison. And I, I hadn't even seen at that point the LUTV footage of um, Haradonna dribbling through all the players, which is even better. We did, or I did, slightly misremember some of the details because it was such a, a high power moment. But when he gets the ball on the edge of the box and you see that decision of just... I'm just going to go straight through and fuck it. And the way that, that that joyful decision and determination as well fed through to the commentary team on LUTV, Bryn, who is our new friend, and um, Andrew Hughes, our old friend, just laughing, just giggling at what was going on. And and it's great when Leeds United do that. I think we don't celebrate that stuff enough. There was um, a touch from Helder Costa in the first half that admittedly it, it went out of uh, play for a goal kick and he looked very annoyed with it. But just a little tap with the outside of his boot and he managed to nutmeg their player and was almost through. In And we're talking about about six inches of space that he's carrying all these things out in. Some of the things our players are doing are absolutely magnificent. There was a textbook, Pablo, Puff of the Cheeks, and a Megs as well, all in the same mm. manoeuvre, um, which was very, very nice. But th- do you think there's that sort of... I mean, we spoke on Saturday about it. There's a sense of freedom seems to be creeping into what we're doing again. They've, they've sort of shed the shackles of terror and fear that have been swamping us for so long. It's almost like not having Kiko Kassir in the net has allowed everyone to calm down a little bit. I think it's more at the other end. I think it's scoring early. That's what's changed. Yeah. Is uh, And it's a lot of that's down to um, Ailing uh, with his goals. Uh, oh, I worked it out in my match report. I think it's 15 minutes, 6 minutes and 4 minutes or 3 minutes he's now done. Getting earlier and earlier. And You didn't really have to work that out. You just had to look it up. Yeah, that's true. And then um, at all our... I did notice... Did you go back through the video footage with I a stopwatch? Did, I did work it out. The, all, all our games since the Forest match have been decided in the first half. So Brentford was a half-time 1-1 draw. And then ever since then, we've gone ahead in the first half and kept it apart from Reading when it was uh, Pablo on the hour. And that's very different from earlier in the season when it would be nil-nil and it's getting 75 minutes, 80 minutes. Are we going to do this? And, and then in certain matches, it would be no, we'd concede and things would go wrong. Whereas now we're just... That early goal really, I mean, we fucked Huddersfield twice by scoring in the the third minute and then it was six minutes after half time. So their first half team talk ruined and then Cowley gets hold of them at, at half time says, oh no, it's okay. Me and my brother have sorted this out and we do this and then nope. Fuck that as well. And it, it just it helps us play our own game with much more confidence and joie de vivre. Relaxes the crowd as well because having that, like the, the Harrison chance we just talked about there where it hit the bar, a nil-nil, 
having played as well as we've, as we've played, that is the bar, or the post or the bar, he can't return. And, he, and that's a, for fuck's sake. Yeah, awful miss. Get it in the net for Christ. How are we still not scoring this? Whereas as it was, we've turned up and you can kind of go, ah, well, he's, he's never He's just dribbled, dribbled past 10 and then turned. I mean, the the actual attempt itself, the swivel and chip onto the, onto, uh, I can't remember it's Woodwork, just say yeah, woodwork. woodwork. Was an audacious attempt. Who the fuck is trying to score like that apart from an absolutely brilliant footballer? And yeah, we couldn't appreciate it earlier in the season when it was tense and it was nil-nil all the time. But when it when we're two-nil up and already promoted, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> you can just say... It's like watching a, a testimonial match or something, like bring out all the tricks. We were good enough in this game, though, that I, I think it was around the hour mark that Huddersfield had pretended someone was injured because they just needed a break from what yeah. was going on. Even though the 2-0 two, two nil down, they're just thinking, right, let's just try and... Take the sting out of it. Let's try bit, and just yeah. make this 2-0. It can just end now. Let's try and waste time just so we get out of here with a bit of dignity. Yeah, the Gary Monk versus Manchester City approach where they ground out that 1-0 defeat for about half an hour after the City had scored that. We'll just keep it tight. We'll, we'll keep this scoreline. It's an FA Cup game, you idiot. But yeah, I mean, that's the only way that people can play against Manchester City. It's the only way they can play against us because really, if we were in the Premier League, we'd probably be above Liverpool. <laughs> Just a word on Gary Monk. That's fun, isn't it? I mean, it's great. I've not actually looked into what uh, excuses he's come up with for the weekend, but... Um... Yeah, the fact that they could keep it so tight against Man City and then just instantly collapse again. His favourite, he normally makes some vague insinuations about bigger things at play, doesn't he? Dark forces at work kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's stuff going on here that shouldn't be going he's on. He's responsible for half of it, isn't he? I was reading the... Well, um, I, I, I don't, in binning off all the players and he's not been... He didn't yeah. start Tom Lees against Man City, which I did. Uh, I objected to very strongly. It seems to be a combination of senior pros who just, who just don't care anymore but also Chancery, his right-hand man, is one of these super agents who is effectively acting as director of football. And Monk is making these, like I said, these obtuse references to bigger problems here at the club kind of thing. And it all seems to be the, the Wednesday fans are all saying it's basically this guy. Some, I mean, some of the, maybe some of the senior pros are always looking for their next move, always looking for more money. Yeah. And <laughs> never, um, never stay anywhere more than a year. Never stay, just, yeah. yeah, just get that move every year, don't they? Just for always a bit of a pay rise. And I can see why Gary Monk thinks that's a problem. Don't know if you spotted, lads, but we're top of the league as of Saturday. Mm. How do you feel about that, Michael? Because when Moscow started talking then about us already being promoted, you had a sort of grimace on your face. <laughs> I feel good about us being top of the league. It's nice. It's but, pleasant. But, well, other teams, there's still games to play. That's my issue with it. If, if at this stage they were, they were. Not necessarily. If the things go wrong well if, if you know they want to judge that it ends now that's fine and mm. I'm, I'm more than happy with that but in, until there's we have this gap and a couple of games left I'm uh, not entirely happy but you know things are going well doesn't it feel like we're going to do it though I spoke about this rising feeling this rising confidence this shedding of fear at the weekend that's how I feel now it feels like we're, we're just heading towards a date with destiny now that's what it feels like to me it does but it was only Huddersfield we have got to bear that in mind no it's Huddersfield off the back of five straight wins and no goals conceded yeah true and going top of the league in, in what is a very mediocre division and everybody else seems to be tripping up. I mean, look at that. I mean, we, we've got a, the table in front of us here, but it's also got the uh, the form guide as well uh, of the last five games. And we're the only one with five ticks in a row. I mean, the form is ridiculous, is worth saying. There's Throughout the whole division, there were us, Derby and Reading, where they're, they're the only teams that have managed to string two wins together in a row, which is ridiculous at this time. That, what, what's known as officially the business end of the season, you're meant to get Teams at the top are really pushing on. Teams at the bottom are putting together a, a win because they, they need to drag out those results. No one's winning. It's a ridiculous division. I think last season has helped 
in the long term. It didn't feel like it at the time. You hoped that would be the case, but we've got to this part of the season. We've had the the wobble that every team loses some games at some point. It happened to us. We've not let it. And whatever, I mean, whether we go up or not this season, we can't look at that run that we had up until the Nottingham Forest match and say we let that ruin our season. We can't say that letting the, uh, the what was it, 13-point gap that we had at half-time against Cardiff, the fact that we let that go, uh, which was a, a mistake, I don't think we should have done that. I thought we probably should have kept that gap because it was useful. Maybe make it bigger. But losing it has not spoiled everything. We've opened it back up again to seven and we could open it again even further over the next few weeks and probably will. And even bounce back from it not just being, we were talking about losing a gap from second to third. And then we look at the, the state of the league table now and we're first. So whatever happens from here on out, we can definitively say we did not fall apart when everybody thought we were falling apart. And with much glee from outside of West Yorkshire, it was being received very, very well indeed. And now look at it, seven points clear, top of the league by a point, And we're the only team, we look like we're the only team with nerve, like West Brom drawing, Fulham drawing, teams dipping in, coming out of the players. Like big Pre- ma- Preston big ma- are trying their absolute best to drop out of the playoffs, it seems. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look at their foot. Like, it's four defeats in five. Yeah. And then you've got big Matt Smith just taking Nottingham Forest to school and Nottingham Forest a few weeks when they beat us, convinced that they're going for automatic promotion. And it's even uh, more recently than that, they had the... Who did they beat on Sky? I can't remember. All the Sky commentary was, uh, well, who is going to stop Nottingham Forest from here? It's like, well, fucking Matt Smith is. Um, <laughs> Three times. But who is going to stop Leeds United from here? And you look ahead, there's only Fulham of the team that we've always been looking at in the, the run-ins. That's the tough one. Cardiff, because going away to Cardiff is always kind of difficult and Neil Harris makes it difficult. We digged him in the home game. Even despite the result, we digged him. But inspired by, it was Michael Perkis who um, did some maths on Twitter. So I started doing some research around this. And Michael has compared our running this year with what happened last year. Sheffield United, from their final nine games, the first of which was the 1-0 win at Ellen Road, Mm. they gained 18 points from their final nine games. So two points per game. And they are considered to have gone on a run that carried great momentum with them. They they won five, they drew three, they lost one and gained 18 points. If Fulham were to repeat that feat this year, then they would pip us to promotion only by a point if we did the same as we did last year, which was to get 10 points. I wouldn't like it if that happened. No, but what I'm saying is we only need to be marginally better than we were last year. Yeah. And I think we're some way distance better than yeah, we were last better. year. And I'm not, I don't think Fulham... I was quite amused... There's a little bit of, of whispers as to whether Fulham are going to do what West Brom did last year to, to Darren Moore and sack him for being third. And I don't think that would help them. But I don't know what would help them because I don't think they're a threat anymore. Well, I don't think they're going to get close to Sheffield United's record. They're not going to win 5K. Well, if they did, if they did get to close to Sheffield United's record, we would need 12 points to go up, which from nine games, if we don't do that, then we don't deserve to go up. I think that's... Um, that's the overall story, isn't it? If we last year, you could say we were unlucky. No, we didn't go. We didn't deserve to go last year. You've got to at the end of the season, you've got to look at the league table and say if you don't do it, you don't deserve it. And I think that's something that um, people will hear. This we're recording this after we've spoken to Bryn Law for the extra ball. And so anybody listening to that, we'll, we're talking about the the extra effort that the players have put in and the the work they've had to do and the condition that they're in and how that's helping and buying into Bielsa's stuff. 
they deserve to win the league because of how good they are and, and the effort they've they've put in. And I was thinking about this, and this is again, if you want to ding me off for referring to what I've written in the the YEP, um, the feeling they're going to have if they win the league of satisfaction while still having the ability in their bodies to go and run a marathon the next day. I'm jealous of how good the players are going to feel. Like I've seen uh, teams win win leagues before and they all look absolutely exhausted at the end. I don't think our players will look exhausted. I think they'll get the league trophy and they'll fucking, they won't just do a lap. Sprint of honour. Yeah, they won't just do a lap of honour. They'll do a long, uh, uh, we won't need to hire an open top bus. They'll run around the city with, with that silver cup. And I can't imagine how good that's going to feel. And the two years of, of work, it's a shame. I mean, we should probably save this for, for when we are actually up because it sounds like a bit of a eulogy for the, the title-winning campaign. But um, but that it's not been 46 league games for Matt Click, but it's going to be whatever 46 times two is. And that, that applies What is 46 it. times two? It's 92. Correct. Yes. Which is a fuckload of football at an incredible... Uh, level of intensity but yeah they've got to they've got to get through the next nine to deserve it and if they do finish third then a lot of them can fuck off (laughs) (laughs) I remember just look back at where we were this this point last year we we were only two points clear it felt like we threw it away maybe more than we actually did last year Mm. I don't know the narrative of it was like it was ours and then we had it in our hands and it was it was gone which was True to an extent, I think that's what it felt like at half time against Derby. It was no, that's it was. I think a the, big part of the it. difference is it was within our grasp, but it was it was never ours to, to throw away, was it? We we yeah. were always one game away from that turning round. And we, also, we had Norwich on top of us last year. Now West Brom are the team to be caught as well. You know, we we have two spots that we're playing for, both of which I'm absolutely fine with. Mm. Don't get me wrong; I'd love to win a, a trophy because it'd be nice to see Leeds lift something. Not Arsenal. But second is fine too. I'm willing to take second right now if, if we can come to that arrangement with the league. That's fine. We've been talking about future planning in recent weeks with our podcast partner, Levi Solicitors. I do wonder if they're ready to sort out whatever mess it is that's going to come our way in early May. Good God. Do they do criminal damage? <laughs> they don't do criminal um, law. So oh, okay. We'll be on our own. Uh, probably a conversation for another day, though, that one, because today it's probate. Uh, probate, you know, it's where you appoint Levi's to act for your family if you've suffered a bereavement. It's to sort out your loved one's estate after their death. Um, it bears repeating, Levi's, they've got an experienced and friendly team there to look after things. And the whole point of probate is that it will take the burden and stress off you and your family at a difficult time. Uh, it's one of several future planning services that Levi's offer, including wills and lasting power of attorney and care home fees. We mentioned um, lovely bloke Andrew last week. He's the partner there at Levi's who looks after wills and probate. You can call him and the team direct on 0113-297-3194. And if you don't know by now, there's 10% off your legal fees for going through the square ball. Head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Calvin's injury. It's fine. It's just a strain, isn't it? It's not like a, a cough or any respiratory <laughs> issues. He had a lot of possibilities to play. I mean, we say this, we've just found out in the last hour or so that the Nottingham Forest owner has coronavirus and greeted all the players in the dressing room on Friday. So, I mean, we joke about it, but mm. there's a very clear and present danger here. I mean, the whole, the whole we'll talk about it in relation to um, Thorpe Arch, but the whole coronavirus thing highlights what a complete child I am because... Part of me thinks, let's just risk it and play games anyway because I want to see Leeds win something. And part of me also thinks, I'm good. I'm glad Forrest have got it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Fulham get it too. Well, you know who they played? Millwall. 
Oh, not Matt Smith. Though. Well, no, I mean, Matt Smith can, uh, he's always been a cut above that club, hasn't he? But the rest of them, uh, you know, if as long as they're just ill with it, we don't want to go too far with this. Just let them have a bad time and uh, and recover. But This uh, is an extension of that conversation when you, you laugh at a footballer getting an injury, which you know within yeah. yourself as a human is a bad thing. But from a purely childish competitive level, you go, ah, well... It's yep. like, you know, when Arsenal fans were all laughing because the Spurs players had a bad lasagna and only did up sick and not qualifying for the Champions League. It's a bit like that. Yeah, only with slightly more imminent threat to your children. There is that too. <laughs> it's not being taken into uh, taken into account. Calvin, though, it seems like it's just... Because uh, we saw in the, the Hull away game that he there was a few twinges where he didn't necessarily look as if he was uh, 100%. And we didn't need him against Huddersfield anyway. Ben White looked absolutely fine in that position so uh, it was only Huddersfield it was only Huddersfield exactly so we'll uh, we'll take him to Cardiff and unleash him on them fully fit again and he came on as we we mentioned he was lifting up Stuart Dallas and he didn't look particularly weakened by that as I suppose none of the players weigh what they did um, under Heckingbottom so maybe I could try and lift a couple Getting him back for Fulham is the big thing, though, isn't it? That's essentially ah, even it, then, we'll be up before we play. <laughs> <laughs> you do realise that's that's only uh, a couple of games away. Yeah, I know it's probably not mathematically possible, but we know I have no respect for maths. This is true. Um, yeah, as we touched on there, they've shut down basically as much of Thorpe Arch as they can possibly shut down to isolate the, uh, the the first team. Yeah, kicked out the the women's team because, as we all know, women equals diseases. <laughs> Well, if we uh, we've been talking about the Blitz spirit and uh, and bringing that back and all the the Second World War propaganda, it looks like it's, it's been brought back again. There'll be posters around Thorpe Arch of. Uh... Going to make sure I clip that <laughs> and tweet that out of you saying that in isolation, removed from co- of any context. And the uh, it's all the academy teams apart from the under 18s as well. So it seems like children are also a, a problem. So if you've if you've had any contact with a woman or a child lately, then. Um, Perhaps you need to be tested and uh, make sure that you're fit and well. It's a bit of a shame for the, the women's team because they were on an eight-game unbeaten run. Brighouse beat them at the weekend, 86-minute goal. And it looks like Barnsley are going to win the division because Barnsley are just brilliant in that that league at the moment. There's only one one team goes up, but you know, hopefully the wherever they are sending them to play, whatever quarantine facility is, is still willing to let a, a, a woman over the threshold in these times of extreme danger that they'll uh, they'll be able to keep it together and uh, complete their season as well. Blackburn away, what was it, 7,700 tickets, something like that we've done in about an hour flat? I think they basically sold, depending on who you speak to and because of the vagaries of the Leeds United ticket website, they sold out in either 20 minutes or an hour, depending, I think, it, you know, it tells different people different things. It's laying, as Johnny Woodgate would say. But yeah, we didn't seem to have a problem selling them, did we? 40 quid a ticket. We'd, the Blackburn really could have probably charged 80, probably still sold them out. It's just a shame no one's actually going to be able to go. You don't want to be Blackburn Rovers processing the refunds for all that, do you? Or, or does it go through Leeds? Who would do the refunds on this? Who loses the money? I suppose this is going to be the big question of that we're all going to find out over the next few weeks is um, which teams can actually withstand not having a crowd. Just a quiet Ewood Park as the ball hits the back of the net. Thwack. And you get... Uh, Michael Weedock yelling from probably another another country. It's Bamford. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah, Let's hope so. Absolutely. Hope I hope so. if it happens, I hope Bamford still does his ear thing when there's no one there. <laughs> I can't hear you. 
<laughs> I'm saying it'll be weird, won't it? It'll be really ghostly and strange playing in an empty stadium. Do you remember the match? Um, it was during the uh, the Catalan crisis, didn't um, Barcelona played behind closed doors? And when they have, um, again, this is a reference to the Bryn conversation about players covering their mouths so they're not being lip bred. If you don't listen to that, you're missing on half of this. But obviously, Spanish TV being what it is when it comes to, to sport transcribed basically every word that every player was saying to each other on the, the football pitch. And it was fascinating. Someone's, I'm sure you can find it still on, on YouTube. You can find the um, the subtitled versions of the conversations between the players and what they're saying to the referees and all that. It's going to be, um, I mean, we're assuming this is going to happen. It feels the way that um, Italy is this morning has essentially shut down the country and La Liga is playing every game behind closed doors. It feels like at some point there's going to be at least a couple of weeks of of this happening the upside obviously we're looking for the upside of a of a potential global pandemic at all times is that we may get a different perspective on football you can hear what um liam cooper shouts to Gianni alioski when he's trying to get him on the ball and and who and all the i mean when they talk about unprecedented scenes i think they're talking about perhaps the the impact on hospitals and how they're going to cope with the the crisis whereas me i'm just like well i'm gonna i'll know what what our left back's saying during a match it will be weird though wouldn't it seeing these really crucial matches these deciders for a season in that slightly eerie reserve game kind of environment it, it just it's not going to marry up in the head is it we've had it a couple of times in the past when games have been played at neutral venues or when is... Ken Bates was in charge mm. <laughs> indeed but when there's still been relatively high stakes games with very small crowds like in the new Camp was there about how many were there for that was oh about, yeah 6,000 yeah. or something and then 92. there was the when we played away in Europe and it was Lucas Radaby scored off his ass. Yeah, we had to go to Heerenveen against uh, Partizan Belgrade because of the Yugoslavia situation so those games always just felt odd and mm. this will feel even odder because you're looking at a stadium that you know really well and going, oh, I sh- should probably be there. Even, but, uh, even those games, like the, the partisan match in Hirenveen, there was some Leeds fans got there and you had the locals, they sold tickets to locals so they could just get a crowd in. I think what it will show, and it'll maybe be a, a timely reminder, is that it is the the fans' game. This, I mean, all the money and the attention and the praise flows to the, the players but then you put them in a an empty stadium and nobody wants to watch it anymore. I mean, what I mean, they're talking about making sure every game will be available to view and whether they're going to be free to wear instead of on uh, pay TV channels. But that's going to be for the people who would have been in the stadium watching it anyway. If you're a casual observer of football tuning in to, even if it is, I don't know if Manchester City and Liverpool, they probably played all the fixes, but if it's like a top of the table clash, a vital game, and it's just weird. Loses all the spectacle, doesn't it? In in front of it's like well, we saw Luke Ayling scoring that same goal in training, and it was nice to watch it. Yeah, it's not the same though, is it? No. So the uh, the message from this is when it's all over, make sure that people can afford to come to these football matches in future. Maybe learn a few lessons from this as to who is actually important to the the game and how they are treated with respect to attendance and what they're allowed. And also the decision that. Leeds have made to close the, the training ground is kind of, they're quite brazen, I don't know if that's particularly the word, in their reasons for it, where there's little choice but to take this action to protect Marcelo Bielsa's squad from any risk of coming into contact with anyone who has contracted the virus. So there's no kind of altruistic, we have to contribute to stopping the spread of this this virus. It's just like, no, we're trying to get promoted and if anybody infects a single one of our players, like at Nightingham Forest... Um, that's going to be a terrible thing. They're not worried about whether any staff there gets it. They're not being sent home for their protection. Um, and they're not worried 
I mean, they they will be worried about this, but that's not the reason they've put out for for closing the ground, uh, the training ground this early. And maybe there is a there's a, a balance to be had. Don't close down football to protect the players, because we, otherwise there may not be a, a crowd when you come back. I'm sure it's not going to be get that bad. The other side of this is um, the experience of watching it on TV. Even when you do watch games on TV, you still feed off the crowd, mm. don't you? So I, I love going bananas when Leeds score, but it'll be weird if Leeds score and there's no kind of... I think the point I'm trying, I'm stumbling around and towards is that instead of charging us through the nose £40 for tickets to go to Blackburn and £40 for Blackburn fans to come to us, they should be paying us. They should be paying fans to go to games because what is contributing to all those huge television deals that they strike all around the world to say you want to watch this spectacle and then the fans can't say, and we have to pay to be the, the product that they are selling so pay us I get it but I've got a feeling that's going to be quite a hard sell particularly at championship level with profit and sustainability an issue well let's just see how they're feeling after a couple of weeks with no uh, no ticket income and the, the broadcasting deals going like I mean, Sean Harvey drew drew a very hard bargain, and we we think we should maybe renegotiate this um, at a lower level. And um, and yeah, they'll just they'll realise what we're worth. A word on the Kiko Casilla thing. We don't need to go any further into the actual issue itself because I think that's been sort of uh, done to death. We said our piece as well on the, on the Phil Hay show. We examined it as best and as neutrally as we could. Want to just go on record and say thank you to everybody who got in touch. It got to a point where I actually ran out of steam to tweet people. I was saying thank you to everybody who'd got in touch with us to say really enjoyed the show, but there became so many tweets that it's like, I'm just going to have to do it on the podcast and just say a really big thank you if you did. Take the time out to say you enjoyed the show with KG to get a different perspective maybe and just have a look at, look at things from the other side, maybe a perspective you hadn't thought of yourself. And mainly the reaction was very good. We must have, despite the content of this podcast, we must have quite grown up listeners. Because everyone was very sensible about stuff. Yeah, the one or two, as you might expect, where you kind of raise an eyebrow. But um, yeah, yeah, overwhelmingly positive reviews. And and it's done some really good numbers, apparently. So thank you. Lots of people who realised on the the day when it came out, when they checked out KG's profile on Twitter, all the balloons came up because it was his birthday, (laughs) which he'd not been, uh, he'd been uh, too uh, too shy or modest to mention when he was speaking to us. So we got a lot of happy birthday wishes out of it as well. He did out himself as a Michael Bolton fan over the weekend, though, which I don't know if that might have changed anyone's opinion of him. But um, you know, everyone's got their everyone's got their everyone's got their the favorite, weaknesses, haven't they? Their favourite long-haired nineties uh, soft rock pop icon, which we will come on to in just a bit. At Stigers over there. We also want to say thanks as well, regards to our charity. You will remember a short while ago that we did the charity fundraiser for the centenary shirt. We got it signed. Uh, Gaetano Berardi gave us one of his spare shirts and uh, got it signed by the first team squad and Marcelo Bielsa. We stuck it up for auction. It was five quid a ticket and it raised £30,000. So, A, thanks for that again. We can now tell you where the money's going, which is great news. Obviously, if you, you know, kids, Children's Hospital was the charity that we chose um, in Leeds. Stressful time when kids are in hospital, not only for the parents, but the kids themselves as well. So they want the environment there to be as child-friendly as possible. Wasn't entirely the case on the children's wards at Leeds Children's Hospital before. Furniture there, they were saying, was a bit dark and dull, all fairly, you know, standard issue hospital stuff. So the money that we raised through the shirt raffle has gone to replace that furniture on three entire wards. You've got L40, which is children's medicine, and then L41 and 42, which are the children's surgery wards. Brand new furniture kitted out for all three wards, and it's a lot more child-friendly. It's dead comfortable brighter daft things like curved edges make the difference when you know kids are around 
There's not a you know a, a toddler toddling around that hasn't at some point banged their head into a sharp corner and a parent gone, oh my God, my little darling, and all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff really, really important. And it's not just basic furniture as well. It's not just stuff like chairs. It's like bedside cabinets that are specialist and those tables, you know, that go over the beds and all that sort of stuff. So the cash that you chipped in, if you got involved in that, it's going to benefit thousands and thousands of kids for loads and loads of years to come, which is great. So uh, you're going to improve the hospital stay of thousands of children. So thank you. It's the nice thing about it. It's going to last isn't it? So it's a lasting contribution that that people have made and uh, quite humbling. Yeah, and that furniture is now all on order, so hopefully we'll have some further updates on that once it's arrived, and thank you again. And I hope none of you ever have to see it. But yes, <laughs> goes without saying, given the, yeah, the coronavirus chat previously. Quick final word in this section then about profit and sustainability. One thing that came to my attention in the last few days, this is strange, see what you think of this. You know, Leicester City. I'm aware of them. Kasp- mm-hmm. They they house Casper Schmeichel, don't they? they? They were in League One, same time as us. Don't think anything much has become of them, apart from that little uh, Premier League champion thing that they did. Uh, they signed, uh, they bought Luke Varney from us, didn't they? I think he scored a couple from them. That's his name? Something like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in their most recent accounts, their stadium, which is that bowl in the East Midlands, valued at £32 million in their accounts. That seems... That's cheap. You think? Derby could have bought that to play. They should have bought it off. Moved off, it. They should. They should have bought that. Bought and, it off and, plan. Played, and played there. Because that's because Derby's. You see, you recall their accounts. They valued their stadium, which looks very similar mm. to that mm-hmm. one. Not as crispy. Eighty-one million pounds. That's yeah, but, quite a lot more. That's almost. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm. I've not been doing Derby County's accounts, but my maths is maybe not not up to their requirements. Nearly three times as many, isn't it? All right. Let's call it two and a half. Okay. That's still quite a big jump. With property, though, it's location, and it is near, think of Frankie and Benny's. So, Pride, Pride Park. At Pride, at Pride Park, yeah. So mm. if if proximity to a, a mediocre, what even is it? Is it Italian-American type thing? Yeah, Italian-American. If that Correct. Is, if, if, that's just, if that's... I think that, Frankie's that Italian, Benny's American, they came together and they, they make some beautiful they food together. together. To, to microwave food in Derby. Well, it's, it's funny is that because they opened a Costa Coffee just up the road, about a mile away from my house. Uh, where I live in Bradford, and my house... Um, and worth a million pounds. ...suddenly went from 150 grand to about half a million pounds. That's <laughs> so, how so it works. That is exactly how it works. I was wondering with this, whether whether Leicester are, are doing this with a sly wink, and I kind of hope that with the, the pressure increasing on Derby for a, a decision to be made about this, whether other clubs are just going to be putting like artificially low... <laughs> like maybe Leicester's... 20 quid. Yeah, Leicester's place might actually be worth 60 million, but they've gone, let, let's just say 32 million just to fucking really drop Derby in it as much as possible. Well, Birmingham did the stadium sale thing as well, and they sold theirs to themselves, essentially, for £23 million as well, which again is... is I mean, that's actually fairer. for St Andrews. That seems like quite a lot, actually. <laughs> You know, if we're talking in the, the the realms of championship football grounds, they seem like more reasonable figures. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So eyes on Eden J. Harris on Twitter, the guy who is tracking the uh, blasphemy slash booze baton slash sangria stick slash sangria staff, whatever it's going under the name of now taken on a life of its own isn't it a bit like religion really it's kind of started from a small acorn and it's blown up into this whole movement the location of our end of season promotion party which well we're already up aren't we Moscow you were saying yeah it's all fine now so the party was, was going to be starting in Leeds at the start of the season and then the first team to beat us which was Stoke it went to them and so on and so forth team to team that's how it uh, changes hands so the battle was split after Atletico Madrid beat Liverpool in the Champions League so now we have the domestic booze baton and the European sangria stick slash staff where is the stick slash staff now then so if we've got Atletico they've, they've held on to it haven't they they have they drew um, drew severe on Saturday so that's, so that's coming back potentially to Liverpool this week and if so, it does return nah. to Liverpool then that's that's the end of the domestic one isn't it we're going to say I think I think so yeah I mean, I speak to Eden about this. You know, he's got he's got flow charts, and he's essentially like the Pope in relation to the church, isn't he? Like he gets to decide this sort of stuff. I assume he's written up t- pages and pages of terms and conditions. You know, there'll be like section fourteen B. We'll have a, a, something about what happens in this situation. I hope we're in that case. We're leaving him in charge of the the fucking risk assessment for this thing. Because uh, in your own hazmat suit. Yeah, we need some um, we need some Levi's advice on exactly what our our legal obligations are. It would be a disappointment if coronavirus did knacker our end of season. Not just our promotion, but promotion party, our European. I mean, in many ways, actually, we do need the domestic one to die. Because I can't think of, of coronavirus. No, or just well, well. And you maybe want to rephrase. Well, no, I was going to say this because you know Watford beat Liverpool, so they took the domestic bat on. Now they bloody well lost to Crystal Palace, the daft ninnies, didn't they? So that means we are now facing. I mean, how apocalyptic is this? A night out in Croydon with coronavirus swirling around. It's got a it's got a tram system as Croydon. We could ride on the trams. Better than Leeds, then. I mean, it's a point of view. Or the other thing is, I mean, I, see if you can see any red flags here. Uh, Crystal Palace are playing Bournemouth. Isn't it? So it'd be a great place, great spot for a, a Leeds United promotion party on the beach. We can all take a bit of northern coronavirus down there as well. Um, I'd just have a nice time in Bournemouth, which is going to be better than the southern variety. I hope uh, that's absolutely clear. <laughs> If we do mess up promotion this year, then we have ourselves a scapegoat, all good and ready, because Phil Hayes written an article this week on The Athletic about uh, how Bielsa's football, it's tailor-made for the Premier League. <sighs> Philip, you never learn. We will grill him about it this week on the Phil Hayes Show, the podcast that we do on Thursday. It's out Friday morning, 5am UK time. We will be previewing uh, Cardiff as well. You can get that podcast wherever you found this one. Just search for The Phil Hayes Show. You can listen to it ad-free as well, along with all the other athletic podcasts via the Athletic app. That's where you'll find Phil's writings free from ads and pop-ups and clickbait and all that nonsense. Uh, loads of stuff beyond Leeds United as well. Sports from across the planet. Free trial and 50% off your subscription. Go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Right, we owe these lot, don't we? Cardiff away on Sunday. Lunchtime kickoff. We owe them for very many things. <laughs> I feel. We wouldn't even be in this division if it wasn't for them. We can trace our 
current position all the way back to that just about, can't we? That FA Cup tie at Ninian Park, Sam Man behind the goal. Alan Smith sent off for nothing. Graham Kavanagh as well. Yeah, who uh, is he? Uh, has he been ruled out injured for, for this game on Saturday? Sunday Still worried about Rob Earnshaw. Yeah, the late late fitness test. I feel like as well. It's it's really cheeky of Cardiff that in the time we've been out of the Premier League, they've been back to it twice. It shouldn't be allowed. Why have they? Why have they got to have two goes at it? And they've been shit both times as well. They needn't mm. have bothered. They've brought, been brought down by Solskjaer, already left by the end, I can't remember. And then Neil Warnock. They shouldn't have ever been there and they shouldn't be playing us now. It's not fair. <laughs> That's your highbrow analysis for this game then, isn't it? It's not fair. They, and they won- shouldn't have been allowed to do what they did to us at Elland Road this season either. I mean, it caused a lot of trouble. I mean, people are seeing this one as a banana skin. Let's not forget, we absolutely trounced them at Ellen Road, despite them scoring as many goals as us. We did. We absolutely mullered them. The first half hour was as, as good as I've seen. It's probably the first hour, actually, was as good as I've seen us. And um, it was, a. I mean, you're complaining about Phil writing now about what we're going to be like in the Premier League. That was the game when he was kind of, he had his, his feet up on the desk, on the... And... Um, and was just, uh, he had a cigar out, he was offering drinks to everybody, saying promotion's basically done here. And then, yeah, half an hour later, it definitely was not. But the, there is a, a big difference here in that Lee Tomlin is is injured. So not only is uh, a Kavanagh and Earnshaw ruled out, but they're, um, he was the difference. He was brilliant in those those three moments to make the goals. And our goalkeeper was not. So the fact that neither of them are going to be playing, I think is going to be helpful. And they are currently ninth as well. They're a couple of points off the playoffs, which might inspire them to come out a little bit because they've got a little sniff of it now. So maybe, you know, they're going to think, oh, well, this is within grasp. We need to attack a little bit rather than just sitting back because they are 17 points behind the league leaders who are Leeds United Football Club. I mean, they shouldn't get anywhere near us, should they? When you look at their player stats, you know, it's basically Lee Tomlin. does all the stuff for them. Who's not not there? Who's not there? So... So that should be fine. I mean, after that... Do we have to play uh, this? Can, we, can the Pools panel declare it a, a victory for Leeds United? Well, when did they last play Nottingham Forest, I suppose? Everybody's now nervous about when they last met somebody from... Uh, where did Nottingham Forest play? Trent Bridge. That's where they play, isn't it? Yeah, without Tomlin, then nothing. Seven goals, seven assists. The next best assist is Aidan Flint, um, who's a defender, isn't he? He's flicking on... Stuff. Oh, come he's on. What he's doing this there. Is what we're That's about. what those assists Yeah, I've just I mean, looked. we've spoken before uh, under Marcelo Bielsa's reign about coming up against vulgar football. Yeah, that you forget, vul- that's vulgar. You forget that teams do this, don't you? They've got they've won he's won six point seven aerials per game. And it's then uncouth uh, how big he is. Yeah. And then after that it's uh, Jay Rails, who has got six goals. I believe no? that's Rawls. No, you'll think of Lou Rawls, the <laughs> R and B singer. This is Rails. I thought Lou Rolls were what everybody's fighting over in Aldi at the minute. It's getting very confusing, isn't it? <laughs> at least we can all we can all agree that uh, Junior Hoylet is a greater threat than Senior Hoylet. Who's <laughs> 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 who's rubbish these days? I should have laughed at that. <laughs> Damn you for making me laugh. Whoscored.com do make them sound. They've got a lot of very strongs in their strengths. They are very strong at shooting from direct free kicks, attacking set pieces, coming back from losing positions. That's us three times. Probably <laughs> just based on one particular game. Creating scoring chances, very strong at aerial duels, and then they are strong at finishing scoring chances and protecting the lead, which makes them sound brilliant, which I'm sure it's not like whoscored.com to get these things wrong, but... There's maybe some faults in their assessment. Their weaknesses, they're weak at defending against counterattacks, good. which is good. Um, they are very weak at keeping possession of the ball, which is also very good. And they are very weak at defending against skillful players. So Jackie, 
Today, not today, Sunday, you're going to get your goals, son. The goals he's deserved against Hull and against Huddersfield that he was denied. If he hits the woodwork one more time and comes out of a game not scoring, I'll feel for the lad. He could be very cross. He deserves at least one goal, probably more. I fancy us to win this game. I fancy us to continue our winning streak and win this game. I'm not saying. <laughs> you have to say. If you don't voice an opinion, what's the point of this damn podcast? I will take a draw. I'd accept a draw quite happily, but I think we're going to win this and I don't think we should have to settle for a draw. We should try to win it. We should. We don't need to... The position we're in, it's worth trying to win games. We're not We're not at the, the point of scraping out draws. Just try and win them. What and the point we, is we will try and win it because that's what Bielsa does. If we have to lose one and win two, also fine. I mean, we could try just losing a couple to keep it interesting. <laughs> All right, then Brian on Radio Leeds. Yeah, just, behave, behave yourself. The interesting wrinkle on this is that obviously we're playing on Sunday, so Fulham will have already lost to Brentford on Friday night to put us um, even further ahead. West Brom versus Birmingham at 12.30 on Saturday. Pep Clotet can do us a good one there. Sheffield Wednesday versus Nottingham Forest is on Saturday as well. So we're going to have to put up with listening to fucking Gary Monk banging on about the coronavirus in the next few days, aren't we? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've, uh, you know, I've got a really strong group here and I can't, I can't be risking um, having uh, uh, something spreading around the group. I mean, I've had that when uh, I worked with Pep Clotet, who uh, is more, you know, if they want to know about stopping a virus, somebody uh, needs to contain that particular outbreak. They've made it up, haven't they? <laughs> Who's made what up? Pep Clotet and, and Gary Gurry Monk, they made it up after the last... Uh... Oh, I thought you meant coronavirus. No, I no. Thought, what? what? <laughs> they're, they're suddenly mates again and they've decided to invent a... We've gone into some <laughs> Donald Trump's out there saying... <laughs> Deep fake. That he knows exactly who, no. who invented this thing to make him look bad. What are you feeling for this one? Me? Yeah. Oh, win. Yeah. So... Like I say, yeah. So Fulham will lose, West Brom will lose, Wednesday against Forest match postponed, and we will win. Nah, 6-0 would be ridiculous. 4-0. It does feel like a bit of a nonsense having all these games played at different times. It's almost like television is fucking it over, isn't it? It does. It feels unfair. I'm not sure who it's unfair on. Which brings me back to my point before about what is the game without the fans? And do we want to be watching uh, Fulham versus Brentford on a Friday night? I don't think even, well, I suppose... Fulham fans, they don't really care, do they? Just look, looking down this list of fixtures that we've got, we've only got one Saturday game. So the, the Saturday game is the Luton game, the 21st of March. That's the only Saturday game we've got between now and Saturday, the 18th of April, the third last fixture of the season. That's mental, isn't it? Well, that's football. Well, that's Easter. So the problem you've got there is Jesus getting killed. Well, and he's come back. Let's you know. Well, exactly. So Let's I mean, if he'd, understate what he did. If he'd stayed dead, we may we might not have bothered. We'd, we'd only well I mean all props to him for com- coming it once all I props mean, to him for coming back we have um, a party on Friday and then we have to have another one for him on Monday I mean gee, needy but then we play Barnsley who are godless anyway so we'll be uh, restored to normal service on a Saturday We've mentioned it a few times across this show, but cannot wait to bring you this week's Extra Ball podcast. We've been chatting to LUTV commentator Bryn Law. He's seen an awful lot covering Leeds United over the years. And when we're not chatting to someone on the Extra Ball, we otherwise take a deeper look at something else, like a previous game, something like that. Answer your questions as well. Play our quiz game, which is called The Quiz, amongst one of its many other names. It's bonus weekly content for the people who get behind us, and we appreciate it. And subscriptions help keep us off the streets, don't they, really? Keeps us occupied, which is a good thing. 
Subscribers also get our Championship Manager show every week where you can join us as we try and fix the errors of the Ridsdale era in one of the finest games of all time. And we're second in the league at the minute, though, we have to say that. Uh, we're miles behind Man United in the table, mm. which is a shame, but on the upside... I we still think we can win it. Well, we are, we are punishing young Gary Monk, though, terribly. <laughs> I mean, it's a human a human rights case. It's boring on that, what we're doing to that young man. There were different times you could get away with these things. Uh, you can import the extra ball into a number of big podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, so you can listen to it like any other show. Get on it now and we'll give you a month free to try it out. Squareball.net forward slash the extra ball. Heroes and villains, then now as we close out the podcast, the Ken Bates Villainy Award is first. Who's made us happy? Who's made us sad in the last week? It's part of this feature to give Ken Bates, or one of them at least anyway, a nomination. Uh, for, for something spurious, whatever it might be. What is it this week? Well, an apology for Ken after last week when I said he'd not posted anything. He has now posted something. Um, he's realised his, his fans need... Councilman Ken Bates in Wyoming as well. Casper Wyoming. Councilman Ken Bates, yeah. yes. Um, not Beardy Monaco, man. No, no. So he's right. He, Never apologise to him. He's posting uh, coronavirus updates. It's, just, it's from someone called Haley Bloom. It's just a copy and paste job that he's sticking out there. But... The, Ken, the reason Kenny's getting a nomination is because apparently, even though there isn't any actually any coronavirus in Wyoming at the moment, there are some scams operating. And let, let me just read a bit to you and see if you can decide who might be doing this scamming. We've heard of scammers calling homes, that's, uh, fa- that's faxing... Not, that's, that's not how Ken Bates sounds. Bit of, um, is today, 3rd of March, we've heard of scammers calling homes and... Faxing businesses. Who's faxing in these day, this day and age? Scammers. Ken Bates is the only person in the world with a fax machine. Well, I mean, if you want to make that allegation. Anyway, do continue. Well, that was it, really. You know, it's, it, as you can tell, it's not been particularly seized upon by the population of Casper, what, what, Wyoming. What are the scammers saying in Ken Bates' voice? He's stating that in order to protect vulnerable populations, children, elderly, all the women or general households, and they need to take uh, calling parties recommended actions, and these scams should be ignored. It's just like global warming. It was all part of the same thing. So when you look at the comments on Facebook for this, the nice thing is, because the way... I just want to clarify the word there was immunocompromised. That's what I said. Immunocompromised. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Bates. But yeah, because of the way Facebook works, it says you can view comments sort of chronologically, but it orders them by most relevant. And I can tell you from looking through these comments, not a single one of them is relevant. (laughs) So God God bless the Leeds fans. Cream cladding and stuff in it. Yeah, it's all about, will this mean the the East stand-upper is going to be closed again? Things like that. So uh, congratulations to the Leeds fans for completely derailing a serious medical debate. We should, however, though, make light of it ourselves yet again by nominating uh, coronavirus COVID-19 to give it its Sunday name, Mm. which is causing major disruption. It's another another conspiracy against us, isn't it? Could well be. I mean, have you have you ever seen coronavirus? Nope. With your own eyes? Nor have I. <laughs> I said what I have Sounds seen. like fake news to me. What I have seen this week was uh and to possibly nominate him as a hero, but um Marcelo Bielsa walking the streets of Leeds as if he just felt we all just needed a little bit of reassurance. And just him going around the city because he was seen in uh, on Brigitte, in the Corn Exchange, in Five Guys, drinking a bottle of Corona beer, I add. I've, I almost feel like he felt he had to go out into the city and just calm everybody down a bit. It's okay. Promotion, sorted. Coronavirus, don't worry. Wash your hands. Just take precautions, look after elderly, vulnerable, and what what was the word, Ken? You mean you can buy them. Just make sure they're all right and, and uh, doing what they need to do to stay safe. 
and it'll all be okay. And I felt Bielsa walking among us in his uh, Adidas hoodie and Jackie Bottoms was Get, exactly... Getting ready for next season. Exactly what the City needed to see. He's drinking a, a bottle of Corona, maybe because he knows that it's for sale cheap because idiots won't buy it. Speaking of taking precautions, actually, we did have a sighting of um, Jean-Kevin Augustin buying condoms in Sainsbury's as well this week. Well, I mean, he hasn't scored for us, which is getting to be a bit of a piss take, quite frankly, now, but clearly scoring at home, which is good, <laughs> and in a safe manner. It's all we, all we can ask. He's obviously paid attention to the uh, the posters as we've been putting up around Thorpe Arch, the World War II warnings about uh, the local women. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it may only be a, a short spell here, so he doesn't want to have to be fathering children, does he? So thanks to you, was Josh Granger who spotted him, wasn't it? It's not clear whether Josh was buying condoms as well or whether it was just John Kevin or whether they had a chat about, you know, different types and that. Thanks as well to John Kevin for uh, distributing nylons and chewing gum to the, uh, to the, the, the local, local populace. populace. <laughs> <laughs> Need to nominate Lee Johnson as a villain as well because his crappy football team couldn't hold out for another six minutes against Fulham. They're basically they're giving up this year. They're not ready to last win a game. It was about six months ago. I mean, even just not losing that one properly was just annoying. They're just bad at everything. It's like Gary Monk. We should technically nominate him for this as well for losing 5-0 to Brentford. And because he externalises the blame for everything, nothing's ever his fault. Although at least he did lose 5-0. If they'd lost 1-0, I'd have been more annoyed. At least at 5-0, we can take a bit of joy from yeah, this his misery. 3-0 by half time. And then you'd think, you know, you've seen that happen and they, off the gas, it becomes yeah. a nil-nil. Nah, five. He made and, changes at half time as well, didn't he? I think he, <laughs> within the group? It was always within the group and he made changes out on the pitch. With with them, uh, oh no, it was Heckenbottom that was with him without the ball, wasn't it? Anyway. Uh, but he can't be a proper villain because his sadness makes me happy. Yeah, he's very amusing. Uh, so are those all our candidates for, for this week? Uh, Derby County are down there for their um, their property prices yeah, compared uh, to yeah. Leicester. No, should, should it really be City of Derby, shouldn't it, rather than um, Derby is, County? Is obviously, there a city? I don't know. I, mean, I thought that the name of the city was Derby County. Either way, they've got the Derby. highest highest property <laughs> the highest property prices in the whole East Midlands. And I think sounds that's, like, um, that's a disgrace. Tina Turner would have sung Derby County City and she'd have done a good job. Uh, is that everybody? Yeah, I think so. Who's having it? Should we preemptively give it COVID-19 while it's still moderately amusing and isn't really, really serious and causing <laughs> and the, 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 the already high number of deaths hasn't skyrocketed further? Giving awards to it before it becomes cool. Yeah, with that as well. I mean, I, was actually, I wasn't thinking about being cool <laughs> because... Um, I liked it when it was COVID-18, etc. <laughs> but yeah, because it's going to fuck everything up uh, in trivial ways, in serious ways. We haven't got Nottingham Forest's fucking owner down here because that's only just happened. Nominate him because I've just been looking at the the way that's going. Nottingham Forest have released a statement on it, which is absolutely fucking woeful. And then you know because he also owns Olympiacos, you know who Wolves are playing in the UEFA the Europa League even this week. Olympiacos. So the whole thing. Why couldn't he just have not got it? I feel like that about. Why couldn't it just not exist? So I am circling back round to COVID-19 being the villain here. Why couldn't you just have not? Sympathetic doctor there. Why could you have just not got this? Well, and why couldn't you just not... Have Come in here wanting treatment. Just just not have become a, become a virus. I don't know how viruses necessarily work um, in terms of their creation, but don't just don't cross over to humans. I assume where, wherever it was before was fine. And so it's going to seek out I mean, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know what. <laughs> what the fuck? I feel like I'm less you, qualified than Ken fucking Bates, whichever one you want to think of. You're in deep water and you're swimming away from the shore. That's yeah, what you're so doing. I'm going to just do the wise thing and just drown. Right, let's 
give an Andy Hughes Hero Award out then, if we're going to counterpoint that. Andy Hughes, we'll nominate him for his excellent commentary on LUTV <laughs> that everybody enjoyed and didn't at all feel like they were being shouted at for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Learned a lot. I thought it was informative. I did get the experience of what it must be like to be coached by Andy Hughes and, you know, he does know what he's talking about and there were some gems in there. Yeah, and if you if you want your football instructions to be to be yelled at you down there, a microphone, and hopefully nobody was watching it with earphones on. We had a late request via Twitter just before we started recording this show, so I haven't scribbled down the name of the person who sent it through. But um, so apologies to you, but thank you. The PA who was in, tra- in charge of that at Ellen Road for playing Hounds of Love at halftime <laughs> against Huddersfield. It's just the little things, isn't it? The little petty, childish digs. That's excellent. The, the um, speaking of halftime, the um, the lady read out the poem as well. Yes, an absolute hero to get through that and stick twos up at the Huddersfield fans. And we do know now that it was a renewal of, of vows, wasn't it? That turned into some mild abuse of the away fans who were in turn giving her some abuse. But at least it added some colour to the occasion. It's something I won't forget. Yes, no, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it, and hopefully they enjoy renewing their vows. And that's the important bit. At top volume. <laughs> they should invite a lot of Huddersfield fans along just to <laughs> recreate the atmosphere. Uh, Luke Ayling, let's not forget Luke Ayling and his splendid goal. That photo is going to become, I think, iconic of this season. The one of him in the air, scissoring that ball into the net. And he's also clearly our best goal scorer now. Three and five is stats a striker could only dream of. Well, speaking of which, Pat Bamford, he's, he has been on our villains list for a few weeks now for not scoring. So it's only fair that we put him on the other side of the fence when he does. And for celebration as well. Yep, he followed up that header, stuck it in, celebrated like a, a, a proper striker, did all the things you'd, you'd want a striker to do. And he was good against Huddersfield. Uh, um, there was a game, I can't remember which one it was, but we talked about when he got subbed off and he'd had a, a bad match and he hadn't been able to to put in the, the off-the-ball Bambo stuff. This game, he was. He was, it, yeah. he was on it and it was good to see. Steigers, Michael. Curtis Steigers, yes. For the benefit of anybody, anybody who's not aware of what happened here, we mentioned, or you, Michael, mentioned that Luke Ayling looked like Curtis Steigers, who was a pop artist from the 1990s, predominantly still going now, had a beautiful long mane of hair, famously. It's more like jazz yeah. stuff now. Yeah. It's kind of gone away from the pop. He was kind of, he kind of imagined pop with saxophone in it. That's what, what he was. But I had a few drinks on a, on Sunday afternoon. I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, you know, got smart speaker things. Well, Sunday afternoon? Yeah, that's how I live my life. <laughs> kids, kids can please themselves, can't they? Just have a few, have a few glasses of wine or whatever. But I just thought I'm going to. Well, put, the kids are. When did you? I'm guess, gonna, are you? Are, is this because you're relaxed about the promotion running, or because you're really tense and drinking to make it go away? I'm just away? trying to drink all, everything I have in stock before the virus kicks in. So you know, I, I hate wasting money, so I don't have to drink it all at the last minute. <laughs> but I just asked for a bit of Curtis Tigers because I thought oh, this will be this will be fun. So I, I kind of tweeted about it with Hey Google, play Luke Ailing, and then someone tagged Curtis Steigers in and then weirdly Curtis Steigers ended up watching the Leeds goal that I sent him <laughs> said it was an insane goal and has since been tweeted at by many Leeds fans and I ended up discussing lawn bowls with him briefly in the midst of this conversation so it just goes to show Luke Ayling can open doors that you never expected he's been a lot more uh, responsive to it than Casper um, Wyoming's Ken Bates hasn't he mm. he could learn a thing or two could, uh, could Ken and the best reply to any of those again can't credit the right person but you'll know who you are if it was you mauled by the Steigers which I thought was great absolutely adored that Naki Wells as well let's nominate him as a hero cheeky chappy scored that goal against Fulham we always liked him haven't we and if we're on with uh, goal scorers as well J-Roy Grotz had a right weekend scored an absolute banger for Vitesse dribbling from halfway if you've not seen it the thing with Instagram stories is they disappear after 
24 hours. But if you look through his on Sunday, every single mention of this goal that you could find, he was just replaying it so you could see it 30 times. Leeds Live, I was going to nominate them for villains because they did slightly spoil the occasion by pointing out that he was subbed on for an injured player in the 32nd minute, that while he was on the pitch, his pass completion was 33%. And that after scoring the winner, he was in the 70th minute, he was sub straight off again uh, two minutes later. <laughs> he, and was I, in, he was injured, I believe, wasn't he? Well, it? yes, yeah. I have seen that he's going to be out for a while with a torn meniscus. Um, so, but, a it, but it's a torn, it's a thing in the knee. Oh, thank God for that. Which um, uh, I learned because there was a, I saw a band play in York who were called Meniscus. They were a metal band, unsurprisingly. And so I found out what uh, what that meant. And now... J. Roy Grotz, Tom Meniscus, is a better name if you could have a punk band. Well, that'll, be the, that'll be the name for a, a Legion United blog soon. For that. <laughs> but at least he scored that goal. It was like a young Ronaldo, as in the Brazilian one. It was like one of the goals he used to score in for PSV when he was in Holland. So I'm saying we're going to be getting back a young Ronaldo. Once his meniscus has been repaired. Yeah. I don't like to nominate David Coote, who was the referee in the Bristol versus Fulham game. We have expressed our disappointment that Bristol weren't prepared to hang on for a victory in that game. However, the referee, David Coote, does need some credit because he denied Fulham a late penalty. Because obviously they would have liked to have brought Tim Robinson off the bench at this stage. Mm. But I think they'd used all their subs, so I couldn't bring him mm. on to give that penalty. So uh, well done, Coote, for uh, for sticking to your guns and not giving him that penalty. The other thing as well was it wasn't at the Craven Cottage, was it? So me, Robinson probably, he's not going to, tra- he doesn't like to travel out of uh, SW4. I think I've got the postcode right. Let's hope so. Yeah. yeah it's fine. Uh, Marcus Madison as well, he upset all the Hull fans. You see that? That was great value. That's- yeah, this only came to my attention due to Hull fans moaning about it on Twitter, but he's on loan at Hull from uh, who things are going really well for as well. So the fans are the fans are in good spirits. He's at the a minute. good player, isn't he? He's but he's on loan from Peterborough them. at the moment, and they were he was one of the few players they were kind of warming to in that team. And then he did it, he chose to do a Q&A on Instagram and someone asked him the best away atmosphere you've played at. And he, He's league. misunderstood the question slightly he as has well, a bit, hasn't he? He has a bit, but he is a footballer. He's got the atmosphere, <laughs> got to be sat there for me. The, the atmosphere was mad. Leeds fans, the best I've seen in my career. <laughs> career is in even bigger letters as well than the rest of it in his career. Oh, that happens automatically. It's the Instagram story handles the justification of the text. I don't care, it knew. But it does, uh, yes, it does emphasise the point, as does the, uh, the little emojis he's done the... Um, the head exploding emoji and then a big uh, a big shrug at the end. So we, blew, if we blew his mind and he, Hull, bl- he blew us right back. And saying, Hull fans, what can I tell you? Leeds fans, better than you'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Marcus Madison. Anybody else? Matt Smith? Oh, yeah, hat trick. I mean, he has to have A mat trick, yeah, if I mean, you like. He's the, yeah, he's the winner as far as I'm concerned. Didn't even need mentioning, just give him it. Oh, and we mentioned it earlier, but on a similar tip, Harry Toffolo for loving us. And the Cowleys, I think just yeah. the whole the whole... Huddersfield branch of the Leeds United Supporters Club. Yeah, they did kind of turn it into a basement porn club was kind of the, the way that they were taking the, the particular style of appreciation of Marcelo Bielsa. The second Bielsa. half was like someone shitting on my chest in a, in a Berlin dungeon. <laughs> yeah. So if that's the way you, you, you felt watching uh, Bielsa's team, we are not here to kink shame anybody, but there's a, there, is, there is a place that will make you feel very welcome in Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, what an image. Oh God, I don't know where to go from that. Right, who's your hero? God, I hope the piss-up isn't in Berlin now. <laughs> they do know a place. It's either Mathieu or Luke Ayling. It's Luke Ayling, isn't it? Who in turn really is Curtis Steigers. Oh, just because he's your mate now. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to buy a. am going to buy a saxophone and every time you mention him, I'm going to play the solo from Careless Whisper. 
Well, we are we are best friends now, so he'll be coming to the uh, to the end of season. In fact, you can you can have that for me. We need a separate Steigers <laughs> if you sound can, effect. If you can get Curtis Steigers on one of the either the booze baton or the sangria stick, then fair play to you. You can have all you can mention him all you want. Or the Corona Cruise playing in Bradford in July. The Corona Cruise. Come on, it's a serious situation. It's a potential global pandemic, um, and it's going to be annoying. So lined up this week, we mentioned the extra ball with Bryn Law. It's going to be a two-parter over the next two weeks. We've got so much from him. And our Championship Manager show will be out this week as well. Subs for that on the website with the Phil Hay Show coming on Friday morning. Uh, match ball Sunday afternoon once we've thrashed and dealt with Cardiff appropriately. You can get magazine subscriptions. Along All right, with Danny Cowley. <laughs> We're back to this. <laughs> your Berlin club again. Uh, you can get magazine subscriptions along with links to our merchandise at the Deal website. with you appropriately. Thesquareball.net. Off we go again then. Not long to go. Soon I'll be over. (laughs) One way or another. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.